0: the scene on this whole topic is this this uh, very interesting debate on kind of the safety efficacy and results on vertical injections or you know the, the the some of the more extreme results that you see are sometimes um attributed to certain injection patterns so uh, when i actually audited well surveyed my audience and asked them what they thought in terms of risk of vertical in fact i know you saw it because you commented on it but it was about a 50-50 split on whether vertical was safer than than horizontal. Um, And I thought that was interesting because there are very few things that are so evenly split. split, And it just makes you think there's there's clearly something we can add by going into this detail um, and and hopefully making people more more aware of the nuance because that's what I think the key word is. You've done over 16,000 lip procedures so far. Is that up to date? Yeah. Probably done about 300 since then, <laughs> since I last got that data. Um, you've never had a single vascular occlusion, which makes you about three times safer, depending on the data, than the average injector. Um, or there are three vascular occlusions about to catch up with you. I think, it, well, I like to think it's the safety in those numbers, not just luck. So, first question I would like to ask is why vertical? Like, is there, wh- why can't we just do everything with horizontal injections? What's, what's your view on that?
1: Good questions. Uh, in the beginning of my career, when I went to these more basic trainings, when I became an injector myself about seven years ago, I went to these more basic uh, lip trainings, uh, learned how to inject lips, and they taught me mainly horizontal injections. Uh, so I started doing that, but I very, very quickly in my career um, targeted lips as my absolute passion and my, my favorite, favorite area to treat. So I really specialized and focused on lips and I felt that mm, I need something else. The, the results my patients desire, the results that I would love to be able to create, I can't do it with only horizontal injections. So in a very early stage of my career, I started experimenting a lot with injectable. Of course, uh, within uh, safe circumstances, I wasn't a cowboy in any way, but carefully, a little bit here and there, tried to experiment and see how the tissue reacts and see when the lips have settled, how the results, you know, uh, looks after two to four weeks after the treatment. So it took me many years to experiment and to come up with uh, what I think today is a very great technique that gives uh, consistent uh, results. Um, So I started doing vertical injections, but I felt that something was missing, you know, to be able to create that vertical height in the medial third or within the medial canthus lines that many women desire today. Uh, And then also to create this very, very sharp, uh, borders uh, that's the highest request I have amongst my demographics of patients they want that vertical height let the height fade out laterally and they want these sharp sharp borders so to be able to achieve that I started experimenting and that's where I found the vertical injections for me is definitely necessarily necessary especially within the medial canthus line just a few verticals to be able to get that height and definition.
0: Mm. So, so what I'm hearing, which makes sense with how I picture the lip as well, which is it's the, the key thing is vertical height. It's a it's a more efficient way to get vertical height than a horizontal injection. Um, yes. The other thing I think it w- would be worth doing, which is why I got these pictures behind, is just to just to really understand where you're picturing your needle in in these um, in these injections, because th- there are. N- not all vertical injections are created equally it's not simply a matter of if you're at 90 degrees you're doing the same thing so let's let's hear a little bit about um, exactly where your entry point would be actually let's do it another way you you tell me when I'm when I'm entering when I'm entering where you would be um, tell me to stop stop okay great that's very useful so we're actually we're in the pink lip oh, and wait, yeah, and the the reason that's interesting is because when I first came across tenting, um, there was a, there was this video which just had this, bl- this blood like running down this person's face, and you know they're in and out, and I was like, oh my god, this tenting technique is horrendous, and that was my introduction, and I think I felt like like many practitioners would would that that's kind of barbaric, um, because you're going right through where the, the label artery is likely to be and through the muscle, but what what's interesting about well, what I suspected, which is that entry point is is not in exactly that place. The thing that is also interesting about that is how much, I'm not sure if you can do that on all lips. Do you find you can do, do you do that on only certain patients or there are certain types of lips where you can find that room or do you find you have enough resolution in, in most people?
1: I mean, vertical injections within the cupid's bow I can do it on a lot of patients but not on all patients i mean no one have the exact same lips no one have the exact same anatomy and no one have uh, not everyone want the exact same results and it's not possible to give patients the exact same results because we look different we have different anatomy in some cases i choose to um, don't do any vertical injection at all and um, especially patients that already have a very defined uh, border i usually don't like to overtreat the borders at all so i don't touch them um, then i have maybe a group of patients that it's not many when it comes to my demographic of patients but a few a handful they don't want definition they just want that soft plump look and then of course i also avoid vertical injections but in a daily i mean when i when I work on one pair of lips, I have different approaches. I do vertical. I do, a few, uh, I do a few vertical. I do horizontal. I do some curved injections here and there. So it's a lot going on. I see lips as a blank canvas. I have a treatment plan when I do my assessment. But, but then when I start choosing my product, you know, touching the tissue of the lip, thinking rheology, which product, and then I start to work with the lip and see how the tissue behaves while working with it, my my plan can change and I can take another direction. So it's mm. not, you know, one recipe fits all. Um, vertical injections is good for all. No, absolutely not. But I think uh, a few vertical injections uh, on most patients uh, works very well. But a few, I would choose not to do it.
0: That's a really, uh, you know, there was a long time in my career where I was frustrated. I create a treatment plan and then start executing it and and it would change. And I thought there was something wrong with my treatment plan, but I've I've given up that battle like five years ago. It always changes a little bit. Uh, And that's useful for people to know as well. Let's think about this um, cross section here, because I think this is also one of the most useful. I'm going to slip out of the screen so you can see, but one of the most useful diagrams because What I was picturing when I put the green dot up here is that you'd be going right through the muscle here. Uh, And that's if you're at that angle, which if you think about the patient's face, their nose would be in the way. So a lot of people, you know, it's easy to do that if you're quite aggressive. Where where are you picturing your needle um, when you're going through? Whereabouts are you picturing it? Are you right up against So
1: I'm below the white roll. I'm in front of the orbicularis oris muscle, just like where you have your pen, and I'm above the wet-dry junction. So I'm in an extremely, yeah. extremely super, superficial layer, and I only enter my needle in the red component of the lip, so below the white roll. I never inject in the white roll or outside the, in the white lip, um, and never below the wet-dry junction. And what I also would like to say, or add into this, is before I treat my all of my patients, I do a pre-exam. So I always localize the labial arteries before I start injecting. The first thing I do is to flip the (laughs) beautiful to flip up the lip like this, so I can have a nice view of the wet-dry junction, and I look for pulsations because we discussed this um, before, Tim. Uh, how often do I find arteries but you maybe want to come to that topic later
0: yeah I, I think I'm, I might have included it but it, it was really interesting because you you anecdotally got the number exactly what it said in the paper which I thought was oh, interesting which is
1: my experience yeah
0: yeah so I, I got um I found a paper on um, persistently patent labial arteries which are confused in medicine with um with, with they end up taking biopsies from them if they don't know where they, what they're caused by and then they obviously hemorrhage um, and that's about three, they they I think they mentioned three three percent and you said two out of fifty so you're you're one percent difference so I thought that was that was a very good um, on its own that you, that the data matched up so um, but yeah so but th- that's something else in terms of safety is that safety is never just about the technique it's about what surrounds the technique and it's a simple step which which I think is a great thing that way of thinking. I think tri- is one of the reasons why you will enjoy a much lower uh, risk profile than, than someone who's just doing the technique without thinking about everything on either side of it. So that's a good tip on its own. Um, the, the other thing I'm, I'm interested in is just how close you are to the to the connective tissue on the anterior wall of, of the lip. And I, I, this is one of the things that I'm imagining is one of the key reasons why you get additional height is, yeah. is when you're so anterior. Because if you go right into the submucosa, this tissue – is is less there's almost less traction in it so you're, you're less able to to get that 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 vertical height yes. is that what is that what you're imagining as well
1: yes absolutely
0: now i know people did ask on the forum what what's your filler because you couldn't do that with just any filler because you, you're much more likely to get lumps or be able to see the product so what's what would you recommend for that kind of product that kind of area
1: Yeah, so it's not uh, a secret that I've been working with Galderma throughout my whole career. Um, Recently, I became brand neutral. Uh, We are having um, the Swiss Aesthetic Institute, uh, brand neutral training institute. So we're going to invite trainers from all over the world, working with all the big companies. So I am going to try a little bit of other products as well to see how well they work uh, in these very superficial layers. But there are obviously some products we can't inject this superficial because it can be visible on the surface. So my favorite products when it comes to lip injections, uh, uh, Restylane Kiss, Restylane Refine and Define. Within the OBT or expression technology, they are very forgiving, uh, working in that very superficial space in this very delicate tissue. What I know from uh, actually now already is that uh, Refine is very, you can compare it quite well to um, RHA2 within the teoxan range when it comes to the lips. I've learned Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, but I am going to try some other products so I can give other product recommendations as well.
0: Yeah, I, I would have thought Jude and Volbella would be safe there. I don't know if it has quite the traction. So maybe Volift above that. That's the range I'm most familiar with. But it, yeah. it's it's something to be said that wh- whatever you're injecting with, you tend to really get to know that product in a way that's very hard to articulate. It's like an instinct. Um, and you know that's the, it's, it's going to be an interesting journey for you trying different stuff because it will feel it's hard. It's hard to switch, um, which is great for the companies who make these things. But it's <laughs> worth trying.
1: <laughs> I'm going to try least. <laughs>
0: um So another question, I think a lot of the vertical injections, um, the, the, the negative side is about the number of injections, because when you see 50 or 60 going across a lip, you know, it it looks quite extreme. How What would you say your average number of vertical passes would be?
1: Vertical passes, uh, yeah, maybe 16. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's certainly much less if you consider both sides, eight each side. It's it's in the ballpark of, um, or certainly in the same order of magnitude as what you might do with some other similar techniques. But it's not the extreme end where it's it's right next like a sewing machine, multiple ones, um, too many stacked together. So that that on its own is interesting. Um, okay. So we discussed patient selection. You mentioned your, your typical demographic. What, who is your typical demographic? How would you describe them?
1: They are women uh, between 35 to 55, I would say. Mm-hmm.
0: And what um, the, the thing I'm most interested in aesthetics, what I think underpins everything aesthetics, is the patient psychology. What What do you think your patients are actually looking for?
1: My patients are looking for... Of the first thing they ask for is a natural result. The, my patients doesn't want these extreme lips. And I often hear them say the first thing when they sit in my chair and I ask them, so what can I do for you today? Tell me what, what you desire. How do you want your lips to look? And instead of starting telling me, oh, I would like this and this, they start telling me what they don't want. And uh, then we have often... A c- words like these russian lips or these baby doll lips and wordings like that um, they say i don't want it i see these russian lips are very popular on social media at the moment but uh, it's not my style but at the same time they want something edgy they want you know su- a difference to appear they want to see a difference they want to achieve a change but not too far so mm they want a visible result but within the the natural range more or less
0: so yeah that's interesting you said something which caught my attention there which is edgy so i'm I'm always really i'm really interested in the in the edge cases because just like you my patients will always come in and say i want natural but then they go on a little journey and they build a bit of confidence and most people most women not all i would say maybe it's like 60 percent Th- they start to enjoy it a bit more than they thought they would, uh, yeah. you know, once the fear is gone. And, and okay. I find that element quite quite interesting. In fact, uh, I'll give a shout out to um, There's a someone I trained many years ago is now doing very well called Injection Queen. She posted a, a little reel of, I can't remember, I don't know who it is. It's, it might be a celebrity. I, I should know, but I don't. But she's walking out and she's bright pink and she's glistening and shining. And she's like, this is the feeling after you've had your lips done. And the reason I, I like that is because i don't think most men think about women feeling that way like if you look at how most men would talk about the um that you know what they do like it's rules and ratios i like talking about rules and ratios and anatomy but the the real driving force is is that that feminine power to to really feel amazing and it's quite hard to 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 come up with a rule or ratio that achieves that and i i, I just think that's an interesting so you sound like you've you've The edge, the word edge for me means that, like they're going, they want a little bit more than just matching the ratio. Does that sound right? That
1: sounds very right. And actually today I saw many of our dear colleagues have reposted a new thing about exactly what you're talking about. And it's, it's, it says, when a girl just made her lips, she becomes a girl. You know, something mm. like that. And it's exactly what you're saying. When a woman come in and fix the lips, it's something, I mean, lips is so important when it comes to attractiveness, uh, especially amongst women. Um, it's, you know, lips are so impu- uh, important. And uh, when they get their lips done and they get happy with the result, they just glow. And they, you know, I can see the confidence and no, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch.
0: Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's it's something um, for any male injectors watching. You should definitely treat someone very close to you, and then get them to tell you what they really feel. Because I learned more from treating, from seeing Miranda's response to her lips, than I had from my patients. Because most of my patients, because I'm a man, they don't tell me that they feel sexy. You know, it's not, it's not one of the the things that comes up in my consultations of how sexy they feel. Um, so I got to learn that in a way that that I think. I know this is true because the doctors who work in our clinic, um, I sometimes hear a few things through the walls, and they're having very different consultations to, to to my consultations. You know, they're both good in different ways, but there's definitely a dynamic that that's that's somewhat you can, for the male injectors, you you need to pay a lot of close attention to the to the real driving force, which isn't always. Although it starts out with safety, like don't make me look like a duck, there there is that that little space between normal and special. And before you get overdone that's that's kind of magical, and you need to be a very good injector to walk that line it's It's kind of right on the end on the edge, as you said it's the edge case but it's yeah. it's worth thinking about uh, I'm excited about that because I was oblivious to it for the about half the first five years um and then <laughs> you start to figure out what's actually going on um so okay um I think that covers most of it I thought i was going i was going to go on much longer, but I've got some questions from the audience now, which we can touch on, which is which are all very useful and related also to these injection te- techniques. But how would you, um, how do you avoid swelling in your procedures? Is it something that you, that you consciously try and do, or do you just build it in and expect it?
1: Well, some, some of my patients can swell. Um, they can uh, a bit, but since I, I puncture with my bevel through the red portion of the lip, and if you ever have seen me inject, I'm a very, very, very careful and slow injector. Uh, I don't get rich by injecting lips <laughs> because I take my time. And I, I treat every lip as it was my own lip. I'm going to wear these lips now. So that's how, you know, careful and particular. And I work with them until I am completely satisfied. Um, so which, which when, by,
0: the, by the way... Just for, yeah. to re-emphasize it, if you're aiming for a small space like that, you have yeah. to be injected like that. There is no way you can do a procedure in two minutes. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to get at that left. So, so that's a good another good take-home.
1: Yes. So slow and I take my time. And uh, so careful and slow injections. And I think when I see these uh, more puffy results on Instagram, I think maybe they puncture when they do the vertical injection a little bit higher up uh, so they get swelling above the borders. And I also Mm. think you can get a more swollen immediately after picture. If you are molding and massaging the lips a lot and pressing hard during the procedure, then I think you can also get some swelling. So I avoid that too. I am injecting in a very, very specific certain pattern I am making sure that the hyaluronic acid threads are connected to each other the whole way. So I don't leave any empty spaces that can show in animation if you have a weaker spot in in the tissue. Um, So I make sure everything is nice and connected and don't leave any empty spaces. And I inject slow and I inject less product. Uh, I rarely uh, empty a full syringe in a treatment. So I think with less product, don't puncture the bevel or the needle outside the red component of the lip. Don't massage and press and squeeze the lip during the treatment. I think also sometimes times the actual numbing cream can make the lips uh, swell more also. Um, so I think that is the main factors why my pictures after or immediately after isn't that very, very swollen, uh, but they do swell. They send me a picture during the afternoon and that's when they grow and get more puffy, you know, when the fluid starts to, to get in there. And yeah, great. And that would be the answer.
0: I've just been handed a note by Miranda. I don't know, she's probably got people asking um, questions. Like, do, what, do you, would you recommend aspirating in lips?
1: Um, well, the thing is, lips is a soft tissue, uh, animated area. The only platform we have when we work with lips is the patient's teeth. And I think when we do such detailed work, I always, always have control where I have my bevel at all times. I never ever uh, lose attention of my bevel. So I'm very focused, I'm very quiet injector as well. So I'm very focused and um, very, very nice and slow, slow injections.
0: Um, any diff- What's the difference, in your mind, between tenting and fencing?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think there is a difference between vertical injections, tenting, fencing. I think it's just uh, what people name it. I chose to name my technique fencing because no one else called it fencing. So, when someone is talking about fences, I know they're talking about me. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. But I like to, I mean, I could call my injections tenting also, but that term already existed when I came up with my little tweaks, so why not call it something else? And I imagined fences holding up the tissue, creating support under the white roll and above the the fascia in the wet dry right junction, just like fences holding up. So I thought fences is a is a good word. So, but mm. I don't think really there is a difference between the actual terms. I think it means vertical injections, but mm. there is. So much different vertical injections. It's all about where you enter with your bevel and in what angle you go into. And when I inject I don't push my needle straight down. I fickle myself through the tissue like this so I'm making sure if the lip is quite 3D projected if I go straight in with my needle I will be deeper in the mid part of the lip and more superficial in the beginning and in the end. So that's why I'm I'm You know flipping my needle so making sure i'm following that 3d projection to get a exact even fence or yeah and or whatever you want to call it so it's all in the details to get uh, safer and more successful vertical injections
0: Mm -hmm. that's brilliant that really brings to my mind the the precision that we're talking about it's it's not just a straight in and out vertical it's 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 almost the whole journey of the needle is being monitored millimeter by millimeter versus yes. plump it in and do a linear thread out uh, I think that's a, another really good take home um, so um, the, n- another good question I had is with thin lips what 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 do you do with people who have basically very thin lips minimal definition not much of a cupid's bow is that a, t- a technique that might warrant those vertical injections or do, would you tend towards a different something else:
1: well on um, these types of lip I, I would suggest to, to prepare the patient to have some patience, um, to see it more like a journey. Because if you have very thin lips, inverted, flat cupid's bow, and the patient would like to have more visible red lip and want to have some shape on the cupid's bow, I would see that more like a journey, uh, take it step by step over time. And if the lips are extremely thin to begin with, not much red uh, tissue to work with, I would suggest the first session would be to gently go in with a cannula superficially as well. Try to be in front of the muscle as as much as possible, just to give a little bit of more volume into the red lip. Um, And actually also, I think it was on your post, uh, dear friend and colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Stephen Weiner, You made a comment on your post regarding safety and vertical injections in more uh, mature patients, which also um, in this case, it was about a lady in her 60s, 70s, uh, very deflated lips. And as we all know, as we age, uh, the orbicularis oris muscle is shaped like a J when we are young, but it loses its shape and becomes more vertical as we age and we get more deflated and he wrote something that I so agree in um, for safety reason as well, because the anatomy has changed because of the aging process and the labial artery can actually be somewhere else than we expect it to be. So that also, in, in that case, I would also recommend just like Steven Weiner said, go in gently with a cannula and restore the volume loss build up a little bit of body into the lip before you go in with a needle so Mm. on these thin lips with a flat tube exposed step one cannula try to get a little bit more volume and avert the lip a little bit more Uh, second session i would say maybe two months later we can go in gently with a needle and try to build up some height on each side of the gk points um, and then step by step, we just continue to try to create a little bit of, of a shape of the cupid's bow and maybe some other horizontal injections with a needle. But I see it more as a journey. And I mean, we are good, but we are not magicians. So it's also mm. important to give our patients res- realistic expectations.
0: That is a, that's a really excellent thought. Because I had this reflection as well, that as you get older, it gets more risky simply because there's less room but yeah. but obviously you can account for that by actually revolumizing with a with a cannula and then and then do you could in some cases do a vertical injection and get the benefits of the safety benefits just because you've added filler so you're increasing the space that's a really yeah. interesting thought yeah. as well